Over the weekend, Donald Trump won in South Carolina by 20 points. Nikki Haley is toast. Despite that, the media is trying to spin this as a big loss for Donald Trump. The games are afoot. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. America You don't know what they do. You don't know what they sacrifice. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode and week of episodes here on America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden, both here on the America Out Loud Network, as well as all of your social media networks. Just type in at America Emboldened. You can search out the show, YouTube, Rumble. Matter of fact, do me a favor. Uh, YouTube just kicked me off for a week last week for talking about medical misinformation. Which misinformation was I putting out there? I was talking about the official WHO studies, the World Health Organization, that stated that the COVID vaccines, the mRNA experimental gene therapy, that's right. It was saying that it was more dangerous than what they had expected as far as myocarditis, pericarditis, and adverse health outcomes. Well, YouTube didn't like that, so they removed my video as well as put me on a first strike, which means I can't post there for another week. So this episode will likely join on to YouTube a little bit later. I thought about doing a boycott, but I want them to kick me off completely if they're going to try to remove me. Here's how we can fight back. I want you to go over to America Emboldened at YouTube right now and make sure you give me a subscribe and a like on one of the videos there and then share it with somebody. In fact, this show, whether you're listening on the America Out Loud Network or you found me on one of those social media networks, share this show with somebody and ask them to subscribe as well. It's time that we start getting the truth and some common sense out there in major ways. Why is this important? Well, the media largely does not have common sense to go with it. And that was a theme of an episode that I did last week. And you can go back, you can listen to that. I won't rehash all of it. But it was on display over the weekend with Taylor Lorenz, a liberal journalist, and Cheya, the creator of Libs of TikTok, doing a sit-down interview. Now, what was great about this interview is Cheya and Taylor, they meet on a street in California to sit down at a table. Now, when they do so, it is almost comical what they look like. I couldn't believe seeing how they were dressed. So let me just pull up a screenshot right here for you all. By the way, if you're watching this, you're seeing it. If you're listening on the America Out Loud Network and you want to see some of the uh, video content, I would tell you to just go over to the link at the bottom of the article and you can see the parts of the video that I'm referring to, but I'm going to describe it to you as well because I also know that I have some listeners out there uh, that cannot see, they don't have vision. So I will make sure that I try to describe what I'm showing at the same time. All right, so up on your screen right now, you have 
Uh, on the left-hand side, Teller the Rents. She's the journalist. Teller is dressed in a purple uh, sweater kind of look, uh, but she has a black N95 mask on while outdoors on a busy street somewhere in California. Uh, I'm hearing LA, but I'm not sure exactly where this was held. I know there was a park nearby. Chea is on the other side, on the right side, and she's wearing brown sunglasses that are fading towards a lighter brown. Uh, she's got lipstick on, hair's pulled back, and she's wearing a shirt of Taylor crying about one of her liberal agendas. Now, during this interview, Taylor starts in on Chea and painting the entire, entire conservative movement as being something that is on the far right. Chea, uh, the lives of TikTok on the right-hand side, is asked many questions. Largely, she is unable to answer any question with her own response. There's lots of words. Well, like, um, like this is how I thought I saw this content like, and I'd put it over here. Um... If this is the intellectual that people are following as far as libs at TikTok, 2.3 million people, yeah, the videos do expose the hypocrisy of the left. For that, I'm grateful. But let's not raise Chea up as this huge intellectual mindset that is going to energize the conservative base. And if that's who you're putting to energize the conservative base, then the conservative base is already absolutely screwed. And perhaps what we're going to find out today is the conservative base truly is screwed because there's things that are coming out right now, such as what's happening at CPAC. Now, I'm not sure if you guys have heard about, you know, Nazis being in the Republican Party. CPAC, the uh, large uh, conservative uh, conference that Donald Trump has kind of spearheaded the last several years, since I think 2017, he's been one of the keynotes. Well, at this point in time, there are open members that are attending CPAC, and they do get kicked out if they're, if they're found. But there's open people that identify as Nazis, National Socialists, that are attending this, and they're openly talking about things like race science and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. If the right conservatives don't start distancing themselves from these individuals, then yes, Taylor is going to continue as her journalist side to be able to paint a conservative movement this way. Would you have gone to Germany during World War II and taken the side of the Nazis if you were a soldier fighting for the United States? If the answer to that is no, then why are we inviting it into our political parties and allowing these people to sign up that are known to be this way? Here, in 2024. See, when the Republicans come under attack at this point in time about what is the identity of the conservative movement, I believe this is part of the problem. When we open our doors up to the individuals that are not the intellectuals, when we open our doors up to the people who are hateful people, then we are only as good as the company we keep. And I use the word we not necessarily including myself in that number, because I don't consider myself a Republican um, by any stretch of the imagination. I consider myself really a, a, a conservative, libertarian, light, moderate. 
that's probably more where I'm, I'm living at. I'm a huge fiscal conservative. I believe that you should be able to do what you want to do with your life without the government interfering with it. And so maybe I'm a little bit more liberal on those type of things, but I don't believe in socialism. I don't believe in uh, the government giving any rights. I believe in you having rights and the government defending those and the government not taking away your right to property or your right to life and all those other things. But CPAC, at this point in time, Trump is the party. And Donald Trump being the party is okay to admit. I've often said that the Republican Party lacks an identity outside of Donald Trump and the Matt Gates and the Ted Cruz's, the kind of mouthpieces, so to speak, for the conservative movement at this point in time. Just as the Democrat Party has been overcome by the progressive socialist. I, I just had a comment on Instagram just recently because the beginning of my show says you're voting for socialism and you got what you voted for. And the person wrote, I wish socialism was on the ballot. I would vote for it. And so when we see these type of things coming out, we see people it's truly on their heart. I'm going to ask you to separate yourself from the people that identify as white supremacists and Nazis if you're a conservative. Check your own heart. And if you are a Nazi and you found your way somehow to my show, kindly screw off and stop watching my show. Stop listening. I don't need your support in order to feel like I'm validated in any way of having a content creation for America. I don't need you. I don't want you. I don't, dis I don't agree with you. I think that you're in abhorrent parts of this country. That my grandfather fought in World War II against that ideology in order to make sure that America and the rest of the world could be free from people that said there is a master race, could be free from people that disagreed with uh, the freedom of all human beings. And so there is no place for this. Now that leads me, ironically, to Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump, I'm not calling a, a white nationalist or a Nazi whatsoever. I'm calling this out as well as to, I think he has a big problem. By becoming the face of the Republican Party, when the Republican Party has lost its identity, when it can no longer uh, state that, hey, you know what, this is exactly what we stand for. The old uh, Reagan, which I know that will upset li uh, the liberals, but the old Reagans of the past, when you don't have somebody like that to vote for, I think that there is a huge isolation of voters. And in South Carolina, in fact, about 25% to 30% of people that were polled said that even though they were Republicans, they could never vote for Donald Trump during a general election. That's a problem for Donald Trump. Now, I don't know if that will stand during the general election. I don't know if people will look at a Joe Biden or whoever they're running at that point in time, because I don't think it will be Joe Biden. I don't know that people will get behind the other candidate and as much as just maybe not vote. Maybe it will be the apathy year of 2024. People won't show up at the ballot. I'm curious what's going to happen to these individuals. Now, after Donald Trump won South Carolina, it is clear he is the nominee for the Republican Party. You can't cut it any other way. At this point in time, he's won everywhere. 
He's won by a wide margin. Nikki Haley is done, and rightly so. Nikki Haley would have been an absolute disaster of a candidate. She is a war hawk. She would have put us and our sons and our daughters into more danger, and I truly 100% believe that. Uh, she does not represent the Republicans that I would like to see if the Republican Party were to be strewn once again. With that stated, the news media has immediately taken these numbers that I'm citing and they started going on the offensive. Let's watch this here and then I'm going to respond to it just a little bit. All right. So on MSNBC, which, you know, that's normally where all this goes, Lawrence O'Donnell immediately starts to dismiss Trump's win in South Carolina this morning. And here's the video. The voters to think about are the 37% who voted for Nikki Haley. Who would they vote for in a general election? Lawrence needs to wait. I mean, this is like your sweet spot. How is Joe Biden looking at this 37%? These numbers are disastrous for Donald Trump. Disastrous, okay? That's the reason I mentioned the big forgotten number of South Carolina, (laughs) which is Joe Biden getting 96%, okay? That's what you're supposed to get. All right. And Donald Trump's not going to come close to that. Donald Trump's going to leave 30 percent, I don't know, 25 percent, whatever it is. 37 percent. Not yet. We don't know. We don't know what the result of this election is tonight. But it's going to be a very substantial number. Could be a third of the vote. He's going to leave that on the table, belonging to another candidate. All you need, all you need is 5% of the 30%. We're talking about a sliver. That's all you need to not vote for Donald Trump of of this representative kind of voter in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, in Georgia. And so these are disastrous voting results for Donald Trump in the general election. Well, not South Carolina. He's going to win South Carolina. But that voter in the Haley vote package is represented in New Hampshire, is represented in these other states, and is represented in all the other swing states. Wisconsin, you need a tiny slice of them, and 10,000 of them. You know, he's right. As much as it pains me to say, like, I would like to say the news media is unjustly going on an attack of Donald Trump. We need to know, where are these votes going? Are these votes going to go to an RFK Jr.? If so... RFK Jr. actually has a shot in the upcoming election. Will these voters swing back the Donald Trump? That should be one of the major polling questions that's going on right now. Where do you stand, my listening audience? I'm kind of curious about this. I know that I have a lot of Donald Trump supporters that listen to the show, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I don't think that Donald Trump is the worst Uh, candidate that we could possibly elect. I don't think he's going to ruin our country like some people would like to believe. I think we'll be none the worse for the wear at the end of another four years of Donald Trump. In fact, I think our economy would be a lot better. Although I would say that I have some concerns at this point in time about his legal troubles and what that means for representation of America in in a positive way. And I understand that, you know, I just did an episode on whether or not the FBI and the outfit agencies are compromised anyway. But I want to know, where's your political home at this point? Do you feel like the Republican Party that you joined at whatever point of life that you joined, it is the Republican Party that you still identify with? Or would you like to see some changes? And if so, what type of changes would you like to see? Was it Nikki Haley as the change that you wanted to see? I don't think that that's possibly something that people were looking forward to, or 
Is it something different? Are you looking for like a, a, a Rand Paul or a Ron Paul to come out of the shadows? Are you looking for somebody like a Marjorie Taylor Greene, bombastic like Trump, but uh, without all the legal woes that Trump has? What is the want of the conservative voter? Do they want the Nick Fuentes and the Nazis of the party? I don't think so. I really do believe that largely conservatives just want a lot of what I want. I believe that they want libertarian principles as far as letting the government leave people alone. I think they want less spending, less taxes. I think they want people's individual rights to be respected. They would like to have a good educational system. And if that means that they need to dissolve some government agencies in order to get some of these objectives done, I believe that most Republicans are likely there. I also believe that the personality known as Donald Trump is starting to become a caricature and tired for individuals. I also believe that many people like me see the age of Donald Trump and Joe Biden as this ageism of, can we have a conversation about why they must be the people to lead the party forward? Now, there's some problems ahead with what's happening with this country for Joe Biden. Now, if Joe Biden is the presumptive nominee that he doesn't get replaced, he's going to be coming into a financial crisis problem coming up here. See, a report just came out and Bloomberg ran this a few days ago, that inflation is ramping back out of control. So what is it that the Democrats are going the state? I just had somebody say to me just recently, you know, I thought that your attack on Joe Biden and his age and his health and calling his wife saying that this is elder abuse or his family abusing him, I found that it was callous or they felt that it was something uncalled for and uh, it was shameful. Shameful? Really? Okay. I don't really get into the personal details of my life, but... I'll kind of just quickly, if you've watched the show and watched every episode, you know a little. If I knew that a member of my family, wink, wink, had dementia and Alzheimer's, would I put them in a position where they could embarrass themselves? Would I continue to ask them to work to provide a living for somebody else, knowing that they could be liable for a mistake? If the answer to that is yes, I would do that. One, I think I would be the cruel human being. I would be the callous person. I would be the unreprehensible unrep behavior of put putting something like this out. Then I would expect my audience to be like, what a cruel individual you are, Mr. Bolden, for wanting to put somebody with dementia up into a professional setting where they could harm somebody else in any way, shape, or form. These are the individuals that are defending Joe Biden. But the best part is, with all the success of the Biden administration, do you know what the successes of the Biden administration are at this point in time? Well, let's look at the border. Are you happy with a border that has close to 1 million people coming into it a year? A population 
of immigration illegally, not legal, illegally, the size of the state that I live in, the state of Delaware, every year. At this point in time, we could fill up three Delawares with the amount of illegals that have come in from Joe Biden. Is that a success of his administration? Or perhaps should we look at inflation? Now, Biden likes to say that he created 11 million jobs since he took office, which had 750,000 manufacturing jobs. He states that the unemployment rate is now at a 50-year low. Do you know why he's able to make those statements? It's simple. He's not intellectually being honest with anybody. His administration on the Biden-Harris record is ignoring the fact of what happened March of 2020. While Donald Trump was in office, the world's economy was completely disrupted. The stock market completely crashed and people lost their jobs at record numbers because of the pandemic and the response by governors across this country in order to close down their states based upon the information of the CDC and the WHO. Now, Donald Trump, I've been harsh on in saying that I disagree with the way he propped up Fauci. I disagree with this. And I think it was my guest, Marissa Hansen. She came back. She goes, but Greg, all Donald Trump did was give it to the governors to the side. And I went back and I, I looked at this again and I was like, all right, at what point do you say that Donald Trump was responsible and that the governors were responsible? I think Marissa actually made a great point. Donald Trump did leave it to the governor. As a matter of fact, he continued to have conversations in staff meetings. When I went back and I listened, where he said, I've spoken to all 50 governors and I've instructed them to take the health or, uh, it, health information that is available and make the best prudent decision for your state. Now, the most liberal cities run by Democrats completely shut down. Not only that, but they took away people's privacy. Things that used to be protected by HIPAA. You used to be able to take a day off work with no one saying, well, why are you sick? I need a doctor's note. It used to be several days protected where no one could ask you the status of your health, your mental health. You could just take the day off and use those sick days of which you have accrued at your job or the personal day or the vacation day. Screw that during 2020. So this liberal agenda, this win, the Democrats created a large portion of the problem that Biden's stating to now have corrected. And the reason why it's corrected is because the pandemic, everything's reopened. See what happened when the Democrats reopened everything? It's almost as if it was a weapon used against conservatives to say, well, look at how bad they mismanaged this. Look at where inflation went. Is the Biden administration going to take credit for also giving out another $2 trillion once Joe Biden took office and ruining the world's economy along with other countries as a coordinated effort in the name of stimulating the economy? Let me tell you how you stimulate it. And this is the reason why Joe Biden has a problem in the upcoming election. According to uh, this latest uh, 
study from Bloomberg that just came out that the markers in the market are now showing that the Fed favorite inflation gauge is seen rising the most in a year's time. You know how Joe Biden likes to say that he got everything under control? Well, that does not seem to be the case now. In fact, putting that up on the screen, this article from Bloomberg, Fed favorite inflation gauge see most rising in a year. When we look at the annualizing data, three to six months, votes would rebound above 2% after dipping below the Fed's target in December. The core personal consumption expenditures price index, which includes food and energy costs, is seen rising 0.4% from a month earlier. That would mark the second straight monthly acceleration in a gauge that's largely been receding over the past two years. Couple that with where we have lending rates at. Do you know to purchase a home right now in this country, your mortgage rate is going to be over 7%. The housing market, as a result, is suffering. So, Joe Biden, when I go to get a, a gallon of milk, when I go to get groceries for my family of four, do you know how damn expensive it is in this country now for me and my family to put food on the table week after week? Do you know how much more it costs under the Biden-Harris administration? It is ungodly to think what I spent 15 years ago versus what I spend now at the grocery store. And forget trying to eat healthy and purchase fresh because that's even worse which is why we have another endemic in this country of obesity and people being unhealthy. If you don't have access to food that is nutritious, food that is unprocessed, natural, of course, you're going to gain weight. You're going to have higher cholesterol. This is something that the administration should take their own licks for. It was the Biden-Harris administration that continued the failed policy of stimulus checks of Donald Trump and pushed that out and put us into a web of continuous spending. It is the Biden-Harris administration that continues to fund their proxy war in the Ukraine, of which people are going, well, it's keeping our sons and daughters out of trouble. It's not. It's actually hurting your sons and daughters right now. It's hurting them in ways that you're not going to understand until much later. If you're not able to survive in this economy, then I guess maybe that's why they're pushing all this mental health stuff down our throats as well. Because people are going to have to deal with the consequences of having brains that are not developing from nutritious food. You have to deal with the anxiety of having food that is loaded more with sugar than vitamins and minerals and protein. And that brain is going to start to be a bit wonky. Maybe that's what we're seeing in society. Maybe we're seeing a result of what we consume, the food, the lack of sunlight. Now, like glasses, I even think about this. These glasses, that kind of looks funny on the screen if you guys see that. These glasses have the blue light filter which the doctor said to me, you know, it will help with migraines and you're in front of a screen doing your podcast and everything else. This will be good for you. 
I look back now and I wonder when I get my next set of glasses, perhaps I will not do the blue light filter. So that way when I'm outside, I have no filter of the sun coming into my eyes. I'll have healthier eyes. We do have a crisis going on. I don't want to lose focus here of what's going on with the Biden-Harris administration. I just want to actually, you know, let's finish that conversation out. So Biden-Harris, Trump, and whoever he picks, which by the way, he's got some crazy picks. Could Tulsi Gabbard really be his vice president pick? Is it going to be Vivek Ramaswamy? Is it going to be um, me? Is he going to call me up and say, Greg, I just love your show. It's so wonderful. It's the best show that anyone's ever listened to. You got to join my campaign. I'll, I'll run. You know what, Donald? You want Greg Bolden from American Bolden to be your vice president pick? We will shake the tree of liberty left and right until all the tyrant bastards fall from the tree. I, I am with you on that, uh, but you're going to have to listen to me a, a little bit. I don't think you're, you're, you'd want to listen to me. I think you have your mind made up on what you did your first term and what you want to do your second. So I guess I just eliminate myself. Darn it. But, you know, if you want, you know, Donald, your people talk to my people, we'll, we'll make it happen. And my people are just my wife and myself and maybe my dog. I don't think that Donald Trump and Joe Biden have the votes in each of these camps. And I think that's what this MSNBC Lawrence O'Donnell misses. I think he misses the fact that there's also probably another five to 10% of Democrats that cannot pull the lever for Joe Biden again. We just had uh, Brian Eskow on the other day on Friday where he said, you know, I voted for Joe Biden and I couldn't do it again. Lawrence O'Donnell, MSNBC, the mainstream media, Yes, both political parties are imperfect. And yes, both political parties have a major problem heading into this next election. Now, I promised you uh, that I would get into mental health just a second ago before I go in. In our schools and in our society, we have over-calibrated, I believe, the push for mental health and wellness. At some point in time, we've got to ask ourselves whether or not we're coddling our young people to a degree where we're making them less able to process their emotions in the future. Can everything be solved with therapy? Hell no. Is therapy a good thing for some people? Yes. It's important for those that have a difficult time expressing their feelings, processing up here what's going on. It's important for them to get their thoughts and feelings out to somebody so they can begin that inward process of how do I internalize these things? How can I heal from these things? Very vital. I, I highly would recommend that this is not anti-psychology. This is not anti-therapy. This is anti what we've calibrated to. We want now to tell everybody, everybody has a problem and there's a doctor for that or a counselor for that. I think that's a problem. Because once you start coddling everybody to say, well, somebody else can fix that, then our young people and adults, they stop believing in themselves for the power to fix themselves. I believe in you. I believe in me. I believe there's a time we ask for help, but it's not every single time. Do you go to the doctor every single time you have the sniffles? If you do, why? Do you not believe in your immune system? When you get COVID, do you test for COVID now? Are you like, do I got COVID? Oh my God, I got COVID. Why? 
Are you going to treat something differently if you have COVID versus you don't have COVID? If you're sick, you got a fever, you stay home, you don't go back out into society, you wait till you get well. The treatment for that is the same exact as the average cold. There's nothing you can take. You got to ride it out. Fever reducers, if you need them, you know, eat well, up your zinc, up your vitamin D, make sure you're getting selenium in, make sure you're getting your quercetin in for inflammation to help keep the lungs from getting inflamed. All these things are proven to help, proven to assist. They are vitamins and minerals that uh, people can take. But when it comes to our mental health, we, for some reason, forget that people are heavily uh, able, mightily able to deal with their emotions inwardly through prioritizing their feelings. And if we take away that skill at an early age, because everybody's got anxiety and we don't just say, well, can we equip you and move on? I think that's a problem. But we're all with trauma. We're all uh, having traumatic experiences. Some of us are able to work through those better than others. For those really bad childish uh, uh, things that happened during childhood, yeah, absolutely. Maybe you get some um, help. But for the everyday, don't force it. Don't rush it. We're eventually going to have people that can't think for themselves. We're going to have individuals that are prioritizing, I got to go talk to somebody to make this decision for me. I got to call mom. I got to call dad. I got to figure out, hey, guys, I got these jobs I'm applying to. What do I do? that's a problem. It's a major problem. And so as a society, we need to do a little bit better to stop coddling and start letting, you know, your kid falls, skins their knee. Don't hug them first. First thing you do is, are you okay? Assess it. Does it look okay? Is it skin knee? All right. They need a hug. Give them a hug. I'm not telling you not to hug your kids, but don't make it seem like, oh my God, your leg's about to fall off. Little things that I've learned as a parent over the past couple of years. One of the best things I think I ever did for my kids when they were little, whenever they'd fall or like hit their head or do something running around the house and my, my in-laws or my, my parents, immediately after they fall, I'd go safe and give the safe signal. And then I'd look at them and wait for the response. And I wouldn't be like, oh my God, that happened. Instead, I'd be like, safe. You Okay. Keep a smile on your face. You're not panicking, right? And then my kid would respond with either, no, this really hurts or safe. And to this day now, my kids are growing up 12 and nine and I'll give like a thumbs up or I'll go this and I'll get back thumbs up or I'm safe, which is great as they play sports and the ability to break bones and everything. I just want to know you good. All right. Did a self-assessment. You're good to go. Let's help society think more critically. Let's help society have a little bit more common sense. Let's equip our youth. Let's equip adults with the ability to heal themselves with their immune systems, with our minds, and to overcome the things that ill us. Now, if you're depressed and you need help, that is a serious uh, thing that you want to talk to somebody about possibly. Uh, do not think for a moment that you're alone in this world. I'm not telling anybody to not get professional help if you need professional help. Sometimes we do need somebody else. And for that, I'm glad that we have those resources. I'm just asking you not to make it your first line of defense if you're not trusting yourself first. First, trust yourself. Trust your children to be with themselves. Be good parents and make that happen for them. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that I honored your time well. As always, it's been a pleasure bringing you today's show, both here on the America Out Loud Network, as well as all the social media platforms, as well as Patreon. And thank you so much to the Bold American subscribers on Patreon. They're getting things like Lightning and Bolden, some premium content. You can subscribe there for free, or you can join as a subscription. It's $5 a month. It's a bargain for the content that I'm putting out there, the interviews that I have coming out, as well as the interviews that I've done. You're not going to find these interviews anywhere else, and especially with the way that I conduct them. And I truly believe that. So you're going to want to go over to patreon.com backslash America Emboldened and order the sign up for that right now. Also, don't forget the YouTube challenge. I need you to subscribe on YouTube and Rumble, and I need you to share that with at least three people. Matter of fact, just take this episode today, no matter where you're hearing it at, send it to three people right now, or take one of your favorite episodes you've heard of the show, send it out to three people and ask them to do the same. Let's together build this common sense approach, this measured approach, this kindness with empathy, and start having conversations and dialogue that we can come together. You've been watching or listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.